students are selected to attend the National Academy in order to further that cooperation amongst law enforcement agencies, which enhances the capabilities of law enforcement around the world. Greetings and welcome to this month's edition of the FBI National Academy Associates Leadership APB podcast series. My name is Tony Bailey and I'm the Director of Education and Training for the Association. Our topic for today's episode is meeting our new Executive Director, Jeff McCormick. Today, we will be featuring our newly appointed Executive Director, Jeff McCormick, of the FBI National Academy Associate. Jeff McCormick brings more than 30 years of law enforcement experience to the FBI National Academy Associates as its next Executive Director. Jeff served as a Special Agent with the Federal Bureau of Investigation for more than 20 years, serving the FBI's Philadelphia, Springfield, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, field office divisions, and twice at FBI headquarters. He's conducted and supervised federal investigations of violent and white-collar crimes, public corruption, counterterrorism, and cybercrime. At FBI headquarters in Washington, D.C., he served in the counterterrorism division as the chief of the FBI's counterterrorism watch, leading a 24-hour command post for the coordination of the Bureau's response to terrorism, threats, and incidents around the world. He also served in several positions while assigned to the FBI Academy, including the Firearms Training Unit, Defensive Systems Unit, and as the Chief of the Leadership Programs Management Unit and the Chief of the FBI National Academy Unit. Over three years at the FBINA, he was responsible for the training of more than 3,000 law enforcement professionals from around the globe. Jeff retired at the end of 2020 as a senior supervisory resident agent for the FBI in Charleston, West Virginia, where he supervised FBI investigations in the Southern District of West Virginia. In early 2021, he returned to the FBI as a supervisory analyst at the FBI's National Threat Operations Center in Clarksburg, West Virginia. Prior to joining the FBI, Jeff served as a patrolman, then a detective for Perry, Georgia Police Department, and a lieutenant for the Valdosta, Georgia Police Department. He was also the accreditation manager for both departments, leading each to a national accreditation. In 2022, Jeff was selected by West Virginia's Fairmont State University to develop their recently approved Police Academy program. As the director of the Police Academy, Jeff led the inaugural session and served as an adjunct professor of criminal justice. Jeff holds a bachelor's degree in criminal justice from the University of Georgia and a master's of public administration from the American Military University. He and his wife, Charlene, have four children and five grandchildren. And now it's my pleasure to introduce our very own executive director, Jeff McCormick. Welcome, Jeff. It's great to have you joining us on today's podcast. Thank you, Tony. I appreciate the opportunity. As you know, the FBI National Academy experience is more than just academics. It's relationships and the building of a global network of friends, colleagues, and partners. I say all that as we welcome you to your new role with the association, but having the pleasure of having met you and getting to know you, I have to point out, you've been an active part of the FBI NAA family for quite some time. Yes, sir. Our NAA members want to know about the new executive director. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I, I appreciate that opportunity, and I appreciate you actually uh, bringing up relationships right at the very beginning there, because uh, you know the, the relationships that I've formed through my career, you know, particularly with the FBI and the and the National Academy, I think uh, really are so important, and and that's that's kind of what I'd like to like to mention and, and talk about a little bit today. Um, but uh, so as far as about me. Um, uh, I grew up uh, in an Air Force family. My dad was in the United States Air Force. 
uh, he, my mom, and uh, my brother, and I traveled all over the country and, and over to Germany. About every three years or so, it seems like we would move. Uh, I'll date myself a little bit here, but he was stationed at Robbins Air Force Base when I started high school um, in the mid-1980s. There at high school, I wound up meeting my wife, Shirlene, uh, who you mentioned. After graduating high school, I went to the University of Georgia, took uh, five years, and left there with a four-year degree, criminal justice, as you mentioned. Uh, at the end of that time, though, I interned with the Georgia Bureau of Investigation in Perry, Georgia, which is kind of where I got my start in law enforcement. Um, I wound up joining the Perry Police Department as a patrolman. I served there as a detective and uh, got, in, got involved with accreditation, national accreditation. Um, I served as the accreditation manager at the same time, and uh, we were actually successful in, in being nationally accredited in 1996. Uh, right after that, my chief left Perry uh, and went to Valdosta, Georgia, and a short time later asked me to come down there and uh, and work with him again. We worked on the national accreditation effort down there as well, and I'm uh, proud to say we also got national accreditation for the Valdosta Police Department in 1999. And while working on that, uh, I was also selected by the Chiefs Association in Georgia to uh, be part of the development of a state certification program. So the Georgia State Certification Program you know, kind of grew out of our national accreditation efforts and uh, uh, I learned a, a whole lot being part of that program as well. So there I am in 1999 in, uh, in South Georgia. I get selected to join the FBI as a special agent. And the FBI sent me with uh, Charlene and our four kids at the time uh, from South Georgia to Philadelphia. Huge culture shock for us there. But I spent my time in Philadelphia working bank robberies um, initially. What kind of surprised me was, you know, I wasn't really working with FBI agents. I was working with state and local law enforcement. And uh, those relationships that we're talking about, you know, um, uh, start developing there. You know, you'd have a bank robbery in a different jurisdiction and you get to go form a new relationship with a new, a new local uh, law enforcement officer. After 9-11 happened, uh, the FBI didn't really work bank robberies anymore. It was pretty much all counterterrorism all the time for us. And uh, in 2004, I went to uh, FBI headquarters to that counterterrorism watch, which was a multi-agency operation. We were co-located. We had Department of Homeland Security folks. We had Department of Defense folks. Uh, we were all co-located there together. Same unit, 24-hour operation, tracking terror threats around the United States and around the world. Spent some time in that unit to be able to lead that unit as unit chief and then uh, was promoted from there to Peoria, Illinois. Um, in Peoria, I had the opportunity to lead several task forces, I had, uh, a, again, officers from different local and state agencies and interacting with their with their bosses and and uh, forming those relationships again that we were talking about earlier. After some time in Peoria, I returned to field work as a case agent in the Cincinnati division, got assigned to Southern Ohio, an RA there called uh, Portsmouth. And that was really kind of where the uh, opioid epidemic sort of started. It was kind of the epicenter there. And again, working, it was just a two-man RA. It was uh, me and my partner, and we were pretty much it for federal law enforcement for Southern Ohio and, uh, and Northern Kentucky. And uh, so, again, there's a lot of working with those local law enforcement officers, building those relationships. In uh, about 2012, Charlene and I and the kids, we left Southern Ohio, except we left our oldest son, CJ, behind. He had started college in the area, um, so he stayed behind and uh, is now married with two kids. 
my first uh, grandkids there, and uh, he and his wife Marissa actually have a third one on the way. But we left and went to uh, went to the training division, and I uh, I started off as a uh, firearms instructor in the training division. I was a principal firearms instructor for new agents training. I was told when I went this was only a three year term, so after about two and a half years, I had the opportunity to move over to our defensive systems unit, which is pretty much everything guns, body armor, and ammunition for the FBI. After a year of that, I was approached by the training division's management and asked to serve as the acting unit chief at the National Academy. So I knew a little bit about the National Academy, but really not much. You know, those were the guys in the green shirts, the new agent trainees. They were the guys in the blue shirts, you know, but aside from that, I I didn't really know a whole lot about them. When I was a detective in Perry, uh, my boss had gone, but, you know, I, I, I had heard about it, but I didn't really get it. So I went there over the Christmas break in 2015, starting with session 263, and I immediately fell in love with the National Academy program. I it was just blown away seeing what this what this thing was, and so I put in for the permanent job, and uh, I was lucky enough to be selected for it. I wound up serving as a unit chief for the National Academy for three years. Um, so I, I was there for sessions 263 to 274, and uh, honestly, um, I can say that those were without a the three best years of my professional career and, and best job I ever had maybe until now I'm thinking so that's what it's starting to look like here but uh, as a unit chief I got to hear about these lifelong relationships that were formed at the National Academy uh, I got to watch those bonds actually being formed and, and I got to understand and be a part of that secret sauce that is the FBI's National Academy so as, as you know Tony being a graduate you know the National Academy program has three main components those are the academic, the physical, and the networking. And I got to see how the shared experiences of the National Academy create this amazing bond that the graduates have. It's not only the blood and sweat and and the tears shed in the gym and the trails around Quantico, but it's also the rigors of the classrooms and the boardroom, frankly. And I've had the opportunity to meet National Academy graduates who walked across the stage and shook hands as long ago that, you know, the director was uh, was J. Edgar Hoover, you know, and these guys are still in contact with their session mates today, um, which is absolutely amazing. And so through my time there, I came to understand why that session number is so important to the graduates. I got to watch the students working to improve themselves and, and through themselves, improve their communities and, and improve law enforcement as a whole and as a profession. I was actually watching them. I was inspired to go back and finish my master's as well, which I did through one of the National Academy Affinity Partners. And then uh, also during that time, I I learned so much about the association and the important role that they play in assuring that the bonds formed in the National Academy continue to remain strong and even grow. Not knowing a lot about the academy before I went, you know, I knew even less about the association. But by being there, you know, I, I got a chance to understand how the association is so critical in perpetuating what it is that, that happens at the National Academy while the, while the students are there. And so uh, I was honored, actually, um, and uh, able to accept the opportunity to join the association as, a, as an FBI member. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a proud member as well. While I was the unit chief of the National Academy, you know, by that point, my, my kids were pretty much all grown or in college or, or at least in high school. And so my wife, Shirlene, who had stayed home with the kids as we moved from assignment to assignment, she decided to uh, uh, get back into the workforce. And she actually uh, was able to join the FBI as well 
um, and went to work uh, at the training division. And uh, so she attended several National Academy events with me and some retrainers, and she fell in love with the National Academy and the association just as much as I had. During that time, while we were there, um, the National Academy Associates started looking for someone to help out in their membership department. And uh, Charlene actually decided to leave the FBI to go to work for the National Academy Associates. So uh, she worked there in membership and uh, really enjoyed interacting with the students and uh, and working in the store. And uh, she continued to do that until uh, until the Bureau eventually transferred me again. But also my son, Scott, and my daughter, Lily, interned with the FBI while I was there. And uh, they both went on to jobs with the FBI. Um, Scott currently works with FBI Cincinnati, and he's uh, a training specialist. So he gets students ready to go to the National Academy Associate or go to the National Academy, I should say. And then he works with them after they come back. And uh, he's as all in on, on the National Academy program as Charlene and I are. Scott and his wife, Polly, have a, have a small son as well. And then Lily, she worked for FBI Pittsburgh, and she just left them to have her first child. And she and her husband, Ian, have a daughter who was born two weeks ago. So if you're keeping track, um, you see that Charlene and I have four grandkids. And uh, CJ, as I mentioned, has one on the way. So uh, come February, we'll have five grandkids, which is uh, absolutely amazing. Also uh, mentioned my daughter, Maggie, also works for the FBI. Um, she's at FBI headquarters, works in the Hoover building. But before she was assigned there, and at some point, after I had left, Maggie did a temporary duty assignment with the National Academy for a few sessions. And then also Maggie and Lily traveled with Charlene and I to National Academy conferences. We're lucky enough to take them uh, with us to Germany, uh, went to Argentina. So, you know, we used to joke about the FBI being the family business, but I think now it's fair to say that so is the FBI National Academy Associates, really. Um, so, I, as I mentioned, I had been told that the unit chief's role in the National Academy was a three-year assignment. And uh, sure enough, at the end of 2018, um, I got reassigned to be the unit chief of the leadership program's management unit. Uh, there, we provide leadership training for supervisors, both within the FBI, as well as outside law enforcement leaders through the NEI and the LEADS program. But by that time, I'd been in the training division for seven years, which frankly is uh, is probably a little bit too long. But uh, honestly, you know, if I hadn't wanted to leave the National Academy, I'd, I'd probably still be there uh, today if, uh, if they would have left me. But uh, so I decided it was time to uh, return to the field. I put in for and uh, was selected as the supervisor of the Charleston, West Virginia RA out of the Pittsburgh division. So I was back in the field leading agents, but again, uh, I had task forces and I was working with local law enforcement through those task force operations. And uh, actually one of, uh, one of my TFOs turned out to have been one of the students who came through while I was a unit chief, you know, so that was, that was fun to be able to uh, renew that relationship. And then, uh, as you mentioned, while I was in West Virginia, I heard about Fairmont State, the local university in West Virginia, and, and they were starting this brand new police academy. It's only going to be this, be only the second one um, in the state of West Virginia. And uh, I got I got excited. I thought, here's a chance, you know, maybe to help out by teaching firearms. You know, I could, I, I just wanted to go, you know, run with the cadets, you know, like I did with the National Academy students where they were there and just, just kind of be in that academy environment again. So I made a phone call to the school. We were excited to talk about it, but then COVID came down and everything kind of got put on hold and I uh, didn't hear anything for, uh, for a long time. So I wound up retiring from the Bureau at the end of 2020. I immediately went back to work for the Bureau in that civilian capacity at our uh, CGIS division, which you guys will all recognize, you know, is the home of NCIC and uh, the National Instant Firearms Background Check and, uh, 
you know, IAFIS and, and all that good stuff uh, that the Bureau provides. All those services are there at the Sieges Division. But uh, when I moved up there, I kind of realized, hey, I'm right close to Fairmont State University. So I reached out to them again and uh, turned out that not only were they uh, ready to get back to work on that police academy, but they were looking for a new uh, a new chief of police for the campus police department. And that chief would uh, would run the academy. So my time at the N.A., I had been inspired by these National Academy students who were you know, working on advancing their career. And, and I had been thinking about returning to local law enforcement anyway. So I wound up applying for the position and uh, was lucky enough to be selected for that. We uh, worked hard, got the academy launched in January of 2023, so so just this uh, this year, and uh, we wound up graduating our first class of cadets four months after that. But during that time, I, I relied so much personally on the lessons that I learned at the National Academy, just just in in administering the program and watching the watching the students, and I, I used that in designing and developing our police academy there at Fairmont State. So again, rely, rely very heavily on those relationships with partner agencies in the West Virginia area to provide um, not only the cadets for us to train, but also the curriculum and, and instructors to help us out there. Honestly, I had absolutely no plans to leave Fairmont State. You know, it, I was I was kind of looking at that as a uh, as a as a retirement job, and then uh, then I saw this opportunity came along and showed it to Charlene, and we immediately agreed I, I, I had to apply. And I, I told the administration at Fairmont State University. You know, it, it, I, I'm not trying to leave Fairmont State University, but if you understood what the National Academy Associates are, you would understand why I have to go try to do this, which uh, which brings us to now. And uh, I'm, I'm truly, truly humbled to have been selected for this important role by the National Board. And I'm so excited to go to work for the members of this extraordinary association. You know, as you take on your new role and assignment in here, this is really like a homecoming for you. And so welcome back to the family. Uh <laughs> It's it's great to have you uh, on board with us, and so we're excited to have you back. Thank you very much. Now that you're in your new role, what message would you like to send to our members? The the short version, I guess, would be to say uh, stay active as members of the National Academy Associates. The slightly longer version uh, is similar to my message to the students of each session while I was the National Academy Unit Chief. Um, during my career, I learned that the most important asset for law enforcement is relationships, as, as we've talked about here. And uh, I don't know if he intended it at the time, but I believe that J. Edgar Hoover was describing the FBI's National Academy when he said, quote, the most effective weapon against crime is cooperation. The efforts of all law enforcement agencies with the support and understanding of the American people, unquote. Because students are selected to attend the National Academy in order to further that cooperation amongst law enforcement agencies, which enhances the capabilities of law enforcement around the world. And I would also note that that quote, it says all law enforcement agencies. So we're not talking about just your agency or just your session. I would submit that graduates have a responsibility to remain affiliated with those who attended not only the National Academy with them, but also those who attended the National Academy before them and those who will follow in their footsteps. Um, graduation is not the end of the National Academy journey. It's just the beginning. I heard a, uh, a former FBI director once, uh, he, he used to talk about the genius of the FBI National Academy. There is no other agency in the United States that has anything like the FBI's National Academy. And there's no other country in the world that has anything like the FBI's National Academy. We've got more than 53,000 graduates from almost 200 countries. And the National Academy Associates truly is the world's strongest law enforcement leadership network. 
But this strength requires us to maintain our graduates as members. That united membership of our graduates is what makes us formidable. It makes us able to help solve crimes and improve communities around the world and, and serve our members. It, it's not just who you know. It's not just who you know from your session. It's who one of our members knows from any other session as well. Another former director was once asked what the FBI brings to the table. And his answer was that an FBI agent brings every other FBI agent and all the resources of the FBI to an investigation. And so, you know, I would say that what the FBI National Academy Associates brings to the table are the connections and resources of every National Academy graduate who is still a member of our organization. So my message would be to please stay active as members, join a chapter, get active in your chapter, stay engaged with the members of the chapter and the association. And I'd like to mention also, I, I see three stages of National Academy Association membership. You know, that first stage, these are our active law enforcement members. They're out there solving cases, protecting their communities, making the world a better place. You know, we also have our second career members. These are guys that have retired from being active law enforcement members, but they're working in companies or in uh, industries that are supporting law enforcement, you know, a lot of them. But we also have academics and we have other, any, almost any other career field you can think of uh, where they're able to serve first responders in their agencies. And, and I think that that speaks a lot to the part of Hoover's quote where he talked about needing the support of the American people. Right. I mean, this is our opportunity to kind of help guide the American people in their support of law enforcement. And then that third stage of FBI Association membership or National Academy Association membership, I would say, are, are those fully retired um, members that I think they still have an obligation to stay stay uh, active with this as well, maintaining friendships and networks and, uh, you know, using their National Academy Association member benefits while they travel or attend conferences. But most importantly, they're providing mentorship they're providing uh, the opportunity to share their stories and, and provide guidance for the younger graduates of the uh, National Academy who are still in stage one and stage two. So we are the world's strongest law enforcement leadership network, but there's also strength in numbers. And of those 53,000 graduates, less than 15,000 are currently active in the association. So my message would be, you know, not only stay active, but let's let's go find those guys and let's get them involved. Um, th those those folks that graduated ahead of us and aren't aren't active members now, and let's grow our association even stronger. To that end, uh, we we have a new campaign at the national office. You know, we're talking about connect and engage more in 2024. We're better together. And uh, so, if you know a graduate who's who is not active, ask them why they aren't. Encourage them to rejoin us and remind them of their important responsibility to support law enforcement, both here in the United States and around the world. Yeah, I can tell you the, the National Academy, it really does build that network and resources that, you know, you just don't have as an individual. And so we are stronger together. We are able to do more with with everyone involved and engaged. So that that's great. Absolutely. Like, like we keep keep talking about, it's all about the relationships. It is. It is. Something to wrap up. I can, I can tell you, I, I can honestly say that we're so glad to have you at the helm of our um, great association. As we begin to conclude our podcast today, any last words you would like to share? Yeah, I would just like to take the opportunity one more time to say thanks again to the National Board for the opportunity to serve as your executive director. I'd also like to say thanks to everyone who's reached out to offer their congratulations and support. Um, I look forward to working with all of you for the success of our National Academy Associates. Uh, also like to take a second to recognize the members of the National Office 
of the National Academy Associates. Um, they are a uh, talented, enthusiastic group of folks who are dedicated to the mission of the association. And uh, we are all hard at work for you, the members of the association. So please don't ever hesitate to reach out to us and also uh, check out our new website and our updated uh, Connect app. There's some really great new features on there. Thank you guys very much for uh, for having me and giving me this opportunity. You know, I'm, I'm so glad to have you on board. And uh, I'll say again to you and your family, welcome home. So it's good to have you back. Um, I appreciate that. It feels it feels great. We're all, like I mentioned, we're all super excited, super excited to be here. Well, thank you uh, for sharing your time and sharing a little about yourself and your vision for our association. Please join us again next month for another edition of our APB podcast series. Until then, stay safe and be well. 